Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Keeping It Center podcast. I'm your host, Jaquetta Gilbert. This is a space for women who want help keeping God at the center of their marriage, their role as a mom, and while using their gifts to make a difference in the lives of others. This is for real women with real issues serving a real God who holds us in the palm of his hand. So if you're ready to take off the facade, woman up to your imperfections, and invite our Father in every part of your beautiful mess, girlfriend, you're in the right place. Welcome back, everyone. This week, we're sharing part two of our chat with Mamie L. Pack. Last week, if you missed the episode, please go back and check on your favorite podcast platform for episode 10, Becoming a Woman After God's Heart, part one, so that you can catch up on all those notes and those gems that Mamie shared with us. I pray you're blessed as you hear the second part of this episode. Girl. So much value uh, in what you were saying. One thing that stood out to me is you were talking about how we've got to uh, pretty much change that language of of how we talk about our spouse and our kids, and that made me um, kind of think about you. You've got all boys. I've got all girls. So yes. um, I know about the girls and, and <laughs> the preteen attitudes. Lord, y'all say a prayer for me, okay? Um, yes. But the young men, I'm just curious. Um, one of your posts had said, raising sons who can communicate and process their emotions in a healthy way helps them grow up to become men and fathers who can do the same for their children. And I wanted to touch on that a little bit because I feel as if there's such a stereotype that we have in society that men are supposed to be stoic and and strong and, you know, all that emotion stuff is for us ladies. Um, yeah. How do you, as a mom, help your sons to do this and to know that it is okay and it is, you know, it's godly, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, how, do you, how do you do that with your sons? Absolutely. Um, it's, is first understanding that there's value to that, um, that we want our sons to grow up to not just grow up to be men who do these things, but even in their youth <laughs> to be mm-hmm. people who do these things. But, um, but it's also understanding the heart of Christ is that he, he fought for the oppressed. You know, he, he went to the places that people didn't want to go, that were considered unlovable. He was compassionate and gentle and loving. And so we have this example in Christ um, of who our sons can be. And so part of what I think happened is that in our effort to – to discuss what manhood is, we leave out that many of the men who have had the biggest impact in my life have been compassionate, have been loving, have been patient. But I've also grown up around very unhealthy men as well that were Mm -hmm. yellers, 
that were hitters, that were ugly, you know, spewed all these ugly things. So I knew both ends of it. But mm-hmm. I didn't know about what healthy, godly men, manhood really looked like um, on a daily basis until I was older. And, um, and I definitely, growing up in, like I said, in a single-parent home, the type of father that I've watched my husband be is, is something very unfamiliar for me. And so there have been times that in us raising our son, he would be taking care of things you know, handling discipline or redirecting their behavior, and I would jump in. And one day he stopped me. He, we never correct each other in front of the kids. We went in private and talked, and he, you know, he's like, I, I was managing this conversation, and you jumped in. Why did you jump in? And I really didn't know. You know, I was just like, I don't know. Like, I felt like I needed to say something or whatever. But there was a part mm-hmm. of me that felt, again, that control factor of I need to control the narrative, the conversation, things like that. And so I really, as a mother, took a step back and recognized our sons have a father, a very active, loving, caring father, an example of manhood in our home on a daily basis. What is my role as their mother? Or what is my part in raising? And, and when you're raising a single-parent home, I don't think sometimes, at least I didn't, I'm not going to speak for anybody else, I really didn't think about the duality of parenthood, you know, and, and mm-hmm. what you share together in raising children. Mm-hmm. And so in raising our children with my husband, it was really like, oh, wait, I don't, I don't have to do both parts <laughs> because, right, right. you know, I have a husband who is being a, a father and uh, I'm able to, to be their mother. And so then it suddenly was like, oh, wait, what does, what does that look like? I was already a single mom when I met my husband. So I came into our marriage with, um, with a son, and then we had three more sons together. And so understanding for a period of time I was a single mom and doing things on my own with that mindset. So then when we were married, coming together, it took time for me to unlearn moving as a single mom mm-hmm. and, and learn how to parent together. I'm getting there to answer your question. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you, you um, did. You did. Okay. Um, but what we can do is really make sure that as, as mothers, we are safe space for our children, it's mm-hmm. for our sons, and that when they are having outbursts, helping them to understand healthy ways to manage their emotions. Like there's nothing wrong with them feeling anger. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with them feeling frustration or sadness or grief. We want them to be able to identify those emotions, be able to process those emotions um, in a healthy way, and that means that we have to equip them to do that. It's not something that just happens. It's us having conversations with them. It's, it's redirecting when if they choose to, to hit or to say something ugly or sarcasm, you know, helping them to understand, like, your words have power. And I understand that you're angry right now, but when you're angry, this is, these are healthy ways to process that. And those are things we model over and over and over and over and over again. It's not going to be a one-and-done kind of conversation with our sons. It's really continuously setting the example so that means when I, as their mom, when I blow up, because we know mamas blow up too, 
We, we get into our, <laughs> you, you know, we get into those fussing things. How many times y'all going to do this with the dishes? I'm sick and tired. I'm not the only person. You know, all this kind of stuff is really understanding what is the impact of that blow up. Mm-hmm. You know, how am I teaching them about communication? How am I teaching them about frustration? And so it's not enough for me to have this fussing thing and just go back to normal. It's I fuss, I need to pause, come back to them, and talk to them about why my behavior was not okay mm-hmm. and what I could have done and, for, and to give them space also to communicate how what I did made them feel. And that it's important that I apologize. Mm-hmm. And that they also see not only do I apologize, but I change my behavior. So it, they need to see the examples in us regularly. It's also mm-hmm. a part of our responsibility to equip them with the resources to manage their emotions and to teach them how to have boundaries. So one of the things, like our sons have never, they don't um, rough house with me even when they were little, like they have never, we don't do that. Um, And that was an intentional decision because we wanted them to understand, you know, you're gentle with mommy. You don't, you don't hit mommy. You don't hit women, you know, so it, but we also use that language so that they understood Mm -hmm. this is how we, we treat people. And then we went on to no is no. When someone says no, no is it. Like there's no discussion about no. No is no. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're continuously having these discussions where you are helping them to, to understand this is a part of, of who you are. Um, but I also think those are important conversations to have with girls. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think those you are, are important so conversations, right. <laughs> you know, that we also have because girls can also be physically assertive aggressive, mm-hmm. you know, girl, I know I used to like, oh, you know, and we call it joking hitting when we're little, but that joking hitting can easily grow into something else when we don't teach boundaries, mm-hmm. right? you know, right. using sarcasm, although we, we might joke about it when the kids are little, but if, again, if we're not taught appropriate ways to manage conflict and we're not taught appropriate ways to manage our emotions, then that sarcasm becomes a weapon. And that's how we use it. So it's it's many different um, ways. But, again, I go back to you got to unpack your own unhealthy ways of how do you respond to conflict, how do you respond to frustration. And in doing your work, then it helps you to know how to best help your kids. And a lot of it, to be honest, I learned it as I was a mama. It wasn't like I did all this work before kids so I can be like this awesome mom. It was, right. I made a lot of mistakes. And I thank God for his grace and his mercy and that I am able to become a better mother. But I'm continuously becoming a better mother. And I'm still continuously going before my children and saying, I'm sorry. I, I dropped the ball with this. I should not have spoken the way that I did. And our family, we do Shabbat on Fridays. And we gather around the table and and we bring those conversations there and we talk about them and we talk about what the word says. My husband and I, we're continuously growing too, that we're learning how to be better people. We're learning how to be better as a couple, as parents, 
And then it's important that we have grace with each other, that we show compassion for one another, but we also listen to each other. And our kids need to know that we hear them. If our sons are not able to talk to us, they're going to talk to somebody. So I need to make sure I am positioning myself as their mom for them to know, you can talk to me. I'm going, I'm willing to hear the uncomfortable things. So that means I got to blow up in my head like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we're talking about that. You know, I have all that in my head, right? And, but mm-hmm. my face is very, oh, okay. All right. Because raising boys, we're talking boy bodies and mm-hmm. stuff. I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. But I'm thankful that they want to talk to me about that. And how I respond when they come to me is it will impact if they continue to come to me. And I can tell you, I wasn't always approachable. And so I thank God that there's room for growth in the kingdom. To me, it sounds the theme that I'm hearing about what it really looks like to be a woman after God's own heart is knowing and and recognizing the baggage that we have within us and yeah. being willing to do the the heavy work to bring our, our whole selves before God and to allow him to, to join us in that process as well and uh, getting our heart in alignment with his. And then once we can do that, it starts to be a better ripple <laughs> into those yeah. other areas of life. Absolutely. And and also one of the things I haven't talked about yet is also your community. The women that lock arms with you to walk this journey. And these are our women that hold you accountable, who laugh with you, who cry with you, who pray with you, for you, women that remind you of of who you are, like the real you, women that you can be with. You know those kind of friends where you can just come sit on the couch. Y'all necessarily have to talk about anything, but just being is good enough. The people, you know, like I, that, like I said, that see you. And I'm very thankful for the women that have walked alongside me in these years to, to be a part of who, I'm continuously becoming, and and some of it I did not really start owning, like really owning my voice, owning the gifts that God had put in me until later. And these and these women saw it in me all along, but it had to be at a point where I was willing to say, God, use me, use every single bit about me for Your glory. And so I'm very thankful for those women who continuously show up for me on a regular basis that really I can dream with, I can pray with, I, that I have safe space with. And that's, that's very important because the company that you are with is either going to help propel you closer to Christ or they're going to distract you from Christ. Right. Doesn't make they're not bad people. I want to, you know, we're not talking anything like, but it, it's really are you holding me to the best version of who I can be in him? Those women will always point you back to your marriage. You know, they will remind you that you are still being a good mom. These are the women that when you're like, no, I don't think I'm qualified. They're like, nope, God called you to it. 
get on up there, right. you know. Right. And so it is very important as well that I know I am a a better wife. I'm a better mother. I'm a better teacher. I'm all these better things. More important, I'm I'm a better Mamie because mm-hmm. of of these women. But I also had to be willing to let them in. I also had to be willing to let them love me, let them see the most raw version of me, right? Because we have that that real raw person. <laughs> they were yep. like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, you know. Um, and you know, but they're willing to to take you as you are, not a cleaned up, pretty version of you. And mm-hmm. I'm also thankful for the women who are more seasoned than me that have been able to speak into my life, to literally call out what God has put in me, to say, no, this is in you, and it's time for this to live. And so I didn't always have that. And I, I'm i a big reader, so I'm, I'm a firm believer. If I don't have it in a personal relationship, I'm going to read, I'm going to research, I'm going to figure out what I need to know. And right. so... But to to have the gift of of women in a tangible sense who I have relationship with, to be able to cover me in prayer, to speak life into me, and to also protect me, you know? Like if there's a certain amount of protection that comes in, protecting your name, protecting your gifts, and, and helping guard your heart in there as well. And so I've learned to really make for that and so one of the the things I always like on my blog and things I have never alone and I always want there to be room for other women in my space you know where I choose to highlight other businesses I choose to highlight other women other moms to, to really say I see you I see you out there I see you making room I see you showing up I see you never giving up there's power in seeing people and making space for them at your table. And Mm -hmm. so I think no matter where you are, whether you're just starting a blog or, you know, a big writer or whatever the case may be, is there room? Do you make room for others? And that's really why when I think about why I write, why am I on social media, why am I, even why I'm a teacher, like I want students to know I see them, not what they do, not the grades, um, not the mom who has the best party, but I, I see who you are and, and you're worthy and you're loved and you have values. That does something in a whole different way. So I think it's important that we do that, that we continuously reach up to those who have gone before us, who can speak life into us, and that we use where we are to make sure that we're pouring into those that are coming and that we're using our gifts, our talent, and all these things to be able for them to come up and do what we're doing and, and more. So it's, it's a lot. And even now as a raising guy, all sons, I already pray for my daughters in love because I've already determined they're going to call me mom in love. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But, you know, my sons know I pray for the women that they're going to marry now. I pray Mm -hmm. for the parents that are going to come with them, the siblings, the extended family. And I'm preparing my heart for her so that I am an asset to the marriage of my children, not that Mm -hmm. I am, you know, one of the controlling 
crazy mother-in-laws that don't know how to let go, you know, all these <laughs> things that I, you know, I'm like, Lord, thank you for the gifts that you put in it. Thank you for her heart. Thank you for her ability to love my son. You know, like I'm already doing that, and I, and I have my sons join in prayer with me because I want them to, to understand, like, this is something, just like I'm praying over their future and I'm praying over their purpose and I'm praying over the ministry God's put in them, it really helps keep your heart tender. And I think that's mm-hmm. important. That's funny you said that, the, the whole, because, well, okay, a couple things. <laughs> Let me give myself a break. One, uh, I, that's something my uh, daughters, my husband and I have shared with our daughters, you know, about us praying for their future spouse and, and families too. And um, they're like, really? Y'all do that? And especially my, my middle daughter, like, ew, why would you do that? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, you know, but you, you've got to um, help them understand the, the purpose behind it and how important it, it really is to do those things now. And then the other thing was is our church does something similar where um, it's called the, the Titus Woman um, Program. I'm messing up the words, but that's kind of what it's about, you know, having that uh, mature woman in the faith that is being a mentor um, to uh, those of us that haven't made it that far yet and yeah. need a little help along the way in Jesus' name, mm-hmm. so we can be one of them one day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I I thought that was really, really cool because I've never seen something like that in a church before. So to see that there is that kind of ministry in our church, I was like, wow, that's that's pretty cool. But it's it's like you said, it's biblical. We're doing things mm-hmm. that... God wants us to do anyway, you know? Yeah. Um. At Keeping It Centered, we love sharing stories of real women who've overcome tough challenges all by God's grace. Do you know someone with a story who could help Christian wives, moms, and difference makers grow in their faith walk? If so, send your suggestion to keepingitcentered at gmail.com. Now back to our show. Well, and mentoring is really has been a a passionate area for me as far back as I can remember that I just, I struggled a lot. (laughs) And I just remember like, what? That that was so hard, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just made up my mind that I would, whatever I've learned, whatever door that I can open, you know, that I would do my part. And then I would also take the time to build up the next um, and to and to put in time for development and relationship, you know, relationship and all relationships can be messy and it takes time. You got to work through and all these different kinds of things and they can be so beautiful. And and so it it really has mattered to me. I've mentored young ladies for years and many of them now are all grown women and some of them married have kids multiple degrees it's so awesome to see the women of of God that they've grown into um, Mm -hmm. and to watch them step into their voice in Christ and and their gifts and and so it but it's intentionality you know taking the time to when God tugs on your heart to do something that we have the boldness and the willingness to say yes 
God, I, I'll do. Send me. Um, and we, we want to be sent, right? But mm-hmm. when he tells you to go, are you going? And right, those are right. two <laughs> very different things um, because sometimes when he calls us to go, we're, if there's an inconvenience, you may have to give up something. Mm-hmm. You may, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to cost you, whether it's time, whether it's, you know, your, your will. It, you, you're going to have to lay down something to pick up that yes from God in part, um, but it's always worth it. It really yeah, is, yeah. and that's why my social media of oh, being able to encourage other people who are, you know, younger in marriage than I am. Not that I have it all figured out, you know, but I definitely know that I'm living a life that I didn't know I could have, that I have a kind of marriage that I didn't even know was available for me to have. And it's all God. Mm -hmm. And I just want to encourage other people that are are married that when you choose to surrender your will and you give your marriage to God, you give your children to God, like really lay it before him that miracles can happen and that you can live a life in, in a way that you never knew was capable, mm-hmm. but it's totally capable in him. But it, it's daily surrender, and it's hard work, and it's, <laughs> but it's also, you know, is is being willing to, you know, just also enjoy it. I think that's the other part, too. When there's a whole part in there of enjoying your marriage, like laughing together, being together. It's enjoying motherhood, like playing with your kids, not having this super structured day, it, not focusing on the next goal because you finally met this goal, but being able to enjoy just being exactly where you are, of just like celebrating and, and really being in a space of gratitude. Practicing daily gratitude keeps me focused on here. It keeps me focused on my blessings. It, keeps, it reminds me that even in what appears to be bad, God is still God. And mm-hmm. he has blessings upon blessings in my life that even if I say thank you all the time, it's not enough. I do think that choosing to let gratitude be a part of your daily practice is important. Um, it's something we do with our children every day where they take time now and it's like, Lord, I'm thankful for Um, Mm -hmm. so that we are putting it back on. I recognize that, God, you are in the midst of this. So, you know, that play is not easy for me. (laughs) I'm much more a list taker, goal setter, like I'll do a three-year, five-year plan. I got you. Um, Mm -hmm. Organization, I am your woman. Um, (laughs) But play doesn't come natural for me. So it is something I've been intentional in doing, but – the fact that God has given me my husband and all these fellas that are all very good at play, <laughs> um, you know, that have no problem. Like, I have worked hard. I'm going to play hard. They mm-hmm. help that, that part of me to remember, like, you need to laugh. You need to enjoy. You need to, to be right here right now mm-hmm. um, and put the list down, and <laughs> it'll be all right if you don't set the next goal just yet you know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. So they help mm-hmm. bring a part to my life that I didn't know I, I needed. So, mm-hmm. and my husband, he makes me laugh so much. Oh my gosh, that man is hilarious. So, <laughs> and God knew I, so you know, God knew I needed that. Like I wouldn't have known mm-hmm. to put that on a list. 
to say, <laughs> oh, yeah, by the way, in my 40s, I'm going to definitely need somebody who makes me laugh. You don't know that, you know, <laughs> but, but God knows, and he knows when you need, you know, the type of, of person that you not only need when you get married at 24, but God knows the type of person that you need to be married to when you're 45 and mm-hmm. 76, you know, he has that kind of vision. And so that's the part that I'm, I'm like just so amazed when I see how we continuously grow together and we get stronger. Um, so I definitely don't encourage people. I mean, like people would tell me when I was single, girl, just make a list. Put on there with yep. you and just pray for it. No, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> you know, I, I pray, Lord, let my husband love you. Yeah. And I knew that in my husband loving and serving God, that that would overflow into our marriage. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. need to do his height, his job, what type of degree, mm-hmm. what all these different kind of things, like that's whatever. But I knew. I, I, just, I, I didn't know much even then about God at the time or really what I was praying. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I, 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 there was a part of me that understood. Like I knew if he's loving God, he's going to love me fiercely. Yeah. So, so no to the list. Yeah. That's what I would say. <laughs> well, you have shared so, so many gems with us, and um, I'm just really, really, really grateful for our time today. And I had to jot down a few things that you were saying because, like, I literally could think of another chat I would love to do with you. <laughs> yes. you, you said a lot that was just so, so <laughs> great, and I don't even know if you know how great it is, but... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm treating it like I'm talking with a friend. Like this is this how my me and my girl's like, girl, let me tell you. <laughs> and you know, and I'm like, you know, let me tell you just how awesome Stanley is today. You know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's that kind of you know thing. But you you know who you can talk, marry, and when mm-hmm. you hit the intense fellowship moment in your marriage, mm-hmm. if you have the right kind of friendship, you can yeah. talk about those things in such a way that it is not destroying your husband's character. Amen. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, so, and, and at the same time, those friendships also still point you back to your marriage. They right. point you back to God um, mm-hmm. and that yeah. They're, yeah. they will be willing to walk alongside. Yeah. So, yeah. It's good. Yeah. But, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Now, before we go, though, a couple more things. Yeah. One, you did mention a couple resources, and I know you have your own shop. So um, I would love for you to share with us any other resources that you feel would be great for, you know, that woman that really is trying to be the woman after God's heart. Um, as well as the resources that you have created for women as well, if you could share some of those. Absolutely. So one of the things that I recommend um, as far as resources that are not mine, (laughs) we'll start there first, Um, resources that are not mine, one that has been great for our family is we've been studying the whole story with our church, and it has been phenomenal for our family as far as doing daily Bible study, really talking about Scripture, understanding kingdom mindset, and so that's been really great for us in equipping our children having conversations, talking about compassion, forgiveness, reconciliation. So I recommend that as a person. I recommend that 
if you're married, for a family, like just the resources are mind blowing. I'm learning the Bible in a way I didn't even know. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's one I do recommend for, you know, marriage. The Enneagram is good. Strength Finders. There's Strength Finders for marriage, and they do talk about how you manage money, different types of things. Jimmy Evans has the 21 Days to Freedom, and my husband and I did that together, and that was really great. It's very deep. You'll do some deep work. (laughs) in there. Um, And it's important that you, you know, if you're going to do it with your spouse, that you all set boundaries on what you share. Like it should be okay for what you're going to talk about, what you choose to or not to talk about. That's between you and yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as resources that I personally have, I do have my blog, um, mamiepacks.com, M-A-M-I-E-P-A-C-K.com. And so there I talk about all things, marriage, motherhood, purpose, really what I recognize is that for a very long period of time, I focused a lot on striving. I was striving at thinking I was doing a lot when mm-hmm. really I wasn't, you know, yeah. and God really showed me that the more I live in him, I didn't have to do all the striving. So I learned to do mm-hmm. less in me and more in him. And mm-hmm. that's what I talk about. I, I talk and work on equipping women to do less hustle, less striving, and really lean into living more on purpose, in your purpose. So you'll find all those kind of things on the blog. I mean, I go there. I think it's important to be, to, to go there. <laughs> mm-hmm. on those That's what drew um, me to you, <laughs> because you do go there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, and so we also, our products align with that. So we have our gratitude journal, in which one journal you are able to use for an entire year, where you're writing down at least one thing that you are thankful for. You have a weekly prayer. You have a wellness check where you're setting your boundaries for the week. How are you taking care of your body, your mind? It's really looking at taking care of all of you. We also have our affirmation journals where each journal is either I am loved, I am blessed, I am worthy. So you get to choose what speaks to you and, and they're lined journals. We have sticky notes with it, bundles, all that kind of stuff, because I think it's important to remind ourselves of who we already are, not mm-hmm. who we are striving to become. This is God has already said this is who we are. When we accept mm-hmm. Christ as our Lord and Savior, this is it. Like, I'm already chosen. I'm already blessed. I'm already this. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have sermon notes. I'm all about being able to not only listen to the word, the messages we're getting at church, but it's very important that we take notes and then we spend time applying. So like I said, I'm all about, I I have a full-time job. I'm not trying to do more to what I'm already doing. So if you're already going to church, you're already taking notes, use that for your study. And so the purpose of the, the sermon notes, it's really for you to apply the message throughout your week. So you're praying mm-hmm. about the message. What action steps are you going to do as a result of the message? It's not enough to just sit and, and be an attendee in church. We want to be an active participant and applying God's word to our daily lives. So we have all kind of resources like that, sermon notes for women, sermon notes for men, just really meant to help equip people to do their work, to really get in and to do the work toward healing and and wholeness that I believe we're meant to have. Awesome. I want to go back real quick. You said the whole story. I've never heard of that. Is that a book, a website? How can we 
find that? Great question. It is um, it's actually all online, uh-huh. and our church partners with the Bible Project. Um, and I don't know if you've heard of the Bible Project, but if you haven't, you definitely need to go online and check them out. Phenomenal, okay. great videos on teaching biblical content that kids love. I, I mean, I've learned, like I said, I'm like, how did I not know this? But it is the BibleProject.com, and it, on there you'll see where it has the link to the whole story. Okay. And just in case, you know, wherever you yeah. are listening this, everyone, I will have show notes that will have all the links um, to Mamie's blog, to her shop, um, the resources that she mentioned as well. So no fears. You can always pause this as well and write it down too, but it will it'll always be there on the show notes as well. So I did want to let everybody know that too. Awesome. Awesome. All right. You told us about finding you on the blog, and I know you are on Instagram, and you said Twitter. Where's, like, the primary place that you want people to connect with you? Um, I think the best place would be the blog. Um, There you'll find links to everything. You'll see the shop. You'll see links to where I am on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook page. Everything is, is right there for you. So definitely um, come check me out at the blog, and when you subscribe, um, you get exclusive content. You get free downloads, like we have a 20 days to healthy intimacy. You get 15% off of your first product when you purchase. So many kind of goodies when you subscribe as well. Okay. Now there is one last question that I always, always, always ask our guests. That question is, how do you keep God at the center of your life? You know, you're talking about working in higher ed. You've got four amazing kids, a husband, things that you are making for your shop, like a blog you're running. You do a lot. So how are you able to keep God at the center of your life? Um. I look at it as it's necessary. I can tell when I've been running in Mamie mm-hmm. and, and not spending time hearing God, fellowshipping with God, just being in his presence. And so I keep God at the center. One is, is through praise, really just thanking him for who he is, his choice to lay down his life for me. And I make that personal. Like, you know, I, I do understand that he died, you know, collective. <laughs> <laughs> but mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. I'm in my private time, I'm, I'm very, Lord, thank you that you saw me, that you, you chose to call me daughter, that even in all my mistakes, you would still love me in such a way that I can't even fathom. So keeping praise is, is really keeps me centered and making sure, you know, I'm spending time in, in the word. And, and now, you know, with technology, there's so many different ways that we're able to listen to messages, listen to the Bible. And although I do love those things, like I love having praise and worship music. I love listening to the different messages and things. But I still like going back to the good old-fashioned book Bible. <laughs> Mm-hmm. There's something mm-hmm. for me about sitting down with my Bible, really kind of praying. Well, what are you, what are you speaking to me? What do you want me to see? Writing down notes. That's very intentional for me. And so, just making sure I'm carving out that time. And remember that it is a relationship. And so, you know, am I treating God like He is the love of my life? I have to really be aware of. Am I being intentional in making? space for God in my life? Or is he an afterthought? And so it's really intentionality for me and and being gracious to myself as well, because Mm -hmm. I do like to read a Bible. 
like a, a book Bible. But I do remember when my kids were little, sometimes sitting down to read my Bible, I was exhausted. You know, you're breastfeeding one kid and you're trying to potty train mm-hmm. the other kid. And I mean, I would fall asleep on the Bible. Mm-hmm. So finding an audio version of the Bible was great during that season because I was able to sit and rock my son while we're both listening to the Bible be read. So I think it's important mm-hmm. now, whatever reading and studying looks like for you and whatever season you're in, it's still just being intentional to make room for God in your daily routine. And then as it shifts and you're able to do the sitting and the studying, then do that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. One of the nuggets I take from that is I'm glad you brought up seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I think a lot of us beat ourselves or the, over the heads with at times is because we have this ideal way we want to live as a Christian and things we want to do. And life happens. Motherhood happens. You know, and, mm-hmm. and like you said, you're, you're nursing that kid and, and you know, Johnny's over here wanting a snack and you're just like, oh, my gosh, I'm, can, I, can I read two sentences of the of Lord's Word? Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, we, we have those seasons, but like you said, just finding those ways um, that can work. So instead of focusing on what isn't working, focus on what can work. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I, I, that's important for us to remember just collectively, being willing to let go of what we thought life would be like, mm-hmm. what we thought marriage would be like, motherhood, buying a house, raising kids, having a career, the timeline we thought those things would happen. We have to be willing to surrender that to God and say, mm-hmm. Lord, I choose to align with your timeline and mm-hmm. I can still cheer on others, you know, because yeah. sometimes it's going to be where, you know, maybe you don't have the job while all of your friends are moving forward with their careers and you're you're there. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, or it might be everybody else that is having kids and you're not. Or, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many different things of doors opening for people to go and do speaking engagements and you're not. You know, so when, when we surrender to God in his timeline, then that also means that, God, I trust you and I trust mm-hmm. your plan for me. So if you have not opened the door, you haven't opened the door. Your plans are yeah. still good for me. <laughs> You know, if I don't have, if I'm not in that space for that career, that's okay. You still have a plan for me. I trust you. And that takes a lot. Again, that's discipline. Like, that is not something that just happened. At least it didn't happen for me. Let me say that. It was. Oh, girl, that's for all of us. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know, it's it's continuing. Like, I I do remember there would be times. I'm like, hello, God. (laughs) Are you going to open the door for me? Am I going to do What about me? Why would you mm-hmm. stir this up in me and I'm not doing anything with it? I was fine with it being locked up in the closet somewhere, but no, you decided <laughs> <laughs> that it was time for this dream to get stirred up again. What am I supposed to do with this? Right. And I think if more people were even honest with themselves and talking to God, not so much that we're being honest with other people, but if you can't be honest with God about your frustration, your, your anger, your all of that, like God can take it. He he's quite capable. He already knows you think all that stuff anyway. So mm-hmm, you might as mm-hmm. well just go ahead, sit down, and I talk to God. I'm like, I call, I'm like, Daddy. That's how I talk. <laughs> mm-hmm, I'm like, Daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. You know, I appreciate that. That I'm I'm excited about this again, but I'm excited, and you haven't. What am I supposed to do with this? Like nothing. No doors open. 
nobody's talking to me, nobody's reading this, you know, all this kind of stuff. And um, Mm -hmm. it's okay to go back to God and and do that and then like, okay, well, what is it that you still need developed in me? Are there things that I could be doing? Because if you're not careful, you'll be so upset about what's not happening for you that you're not able to cheer on what is happening for other people and you'll miss it. Yeah. You'll, you'll become bitter and you'll, you'll be that angry woman. Um, mm-hmm. And so we have to be very careful in those seasons of, of being hidden that we're still able to be grateful mm-hmm. and we're still able to celebrate all that God has done, is doing, and already have a praise for what he's going to do. But what he's going to do may look very different than what we have crafted in our minds. And so it's important that, you know, like that scripture, we love to say, oh, all things work together for the good, and we want to stop right there. (laughs) That's not all there is to that scripture. (laughs) Like there's (laughs) more to it. Like there was not a period right there. You need to keep Mm -hmm. on going. And so Mm -hmm. those are the things that I have to remind myself. And and one scripture that has continuously been for me um, is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Yes, that's my favorite. And I really like the Amplified version. And Mm so it, you know, really says trust in and rely confidently on the Lord Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. all your heart and do not rely on your own insight, which for me – and just the fact that I go into education and all that, I'm used to, like, oh, you, you get comfortable with your gifts, your talents, right? And in mm-hmm. all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him. And so that did something for me. You know, it's one thing like, oh, yeah, I know God, but to acknowledge and recognize him, and he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. And mm-hmm. so that trust factor is, is so important for me because control has subtle ways of showing up and control shows up when I'm afraid. And usually if I'm afraid that God won't do what he said he will do, we don't want to say that, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't want to say that a lot because it's almost like, well, I'm a Christian. Of course I trust God, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. we seek control when we really think he's not going to do what he said he would do. So we think we need to step in to help and we put our hands to the pot and all this kind of stuff. So choosing to surrender to his timing means choosing that I believe, I trust you, God, that you are for me, you know what's best for me, that you are going before me. And so that means telling yourself that you're going to have down somewhere, <laughs> get your hands off of it, get your mouth off of it, and, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's got you. And if he opened the door, can you be trusted to walk through it? Yeah. Can you be trusted to carry it in a way that would honor him? There's so many different, again, you know, layers to it. So I do think it's important that we continue to just keep our hearts tender, continue to, to guard our hearts so that we are able to stay uplifting his name and that we're also able to cheer on others mm-hmm. and celebrate what God is doing in, in their lives, even if it looks different in ours. Thank you all so, so much for joining us for the second half of our chat with Mamie L. Pack. Be sure to go and follow her over on Instagram and check out her blog as well. Have a blessed week. If you've been driving along, you can find today's show notes over at www.keepingitcentered.com. While you're there, 
don't forget to sign up for the Centered Notes, our bi-weekly devotional newsletter. And follow us over at Instagram at Keeping It Centered.